Hi, and welcome back to the First Tee Podcast with Todd and Dave. Today we're going to talk a little bit of a recap on the players, um, and mainly around the expectations and managing your expectations and staying in the game. So firstly, g'day Dave, how are you going mate? G'day Todd, I'm going really good mate, how about yourself? Yeah, good, good. How was your weekend mate? How'd your golf pan out this weekend? You had the big semi-final of the pennants? We did have the semi-finals mate, and I've got good news. We're off to the finals in uh, in two weeks. So awesome. The team, the team, the team played really well on the weekend, which was really good. It wasn't an easy easy game out there at um at Ashworth. It was quite windy actually the, the day we played. So um yeah, we're off to Riverside Oaks where all the divisions will be there and the the ladies, the men's, and they'll all be playing Riverside Oaks in a couple of weeks. Yeah, awesome, mate. I must be looking forward to that. So it's yeah. a good time to talk managing your expectations. Uh, going into the big final, so we'll we'll see how that pans out for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> put you to the sword. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Test me. Test you. And you you had your golf lesson the other day, didn't you? How's how's that been going for you? I did have a golf lesson. Um, and again, on topic, mate, in regard to what we want to talk about today, and that is um staying in the game. Uh, a couple of things came out of it. Uh, one of the big things was. Uh, really just working on a short game. Uh, it's come to a head a little bit in my last few rounds, uh, you know, hitting the ball good. I'm driving it like a champion. Um, we spoke about it before, yeah, putting, pretty streaky, but it's it's taking pressure off the putter, trying to get up and down with a short game if you miss a green. So I worked a lot on chipping around the green and um, a little bit of technique. Um, I've just got to be a little bit careful. The next round I went out there, I'd probably... Uh, let it encroach a little bit too much on just my natural game. Uh, it didn't come didn't come through like I would have liked, but uh, I just going to stick with it? it. What was that? It was a bit forced, was it? It was just a little bit overthought more than forced. Okay. You know, just having that thought of doing this and doing that instead of just ex- you know executing what I needed to do. Yeah, so. it felt you could feel the work sort of being put in instead of when you're playing well, it just comes natural. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you need to stick. I need to stick with what I'm doing uh, because I can see the results during the practice. You know, I put in a lot of practice with it. Uh, I can see the results during practice. It's just about trusting that out in the course, just like anything. When you're making small changes, uh, it's transporting it from the driving range to the course, and then hopefully you see the the results on the course as you go and that leads to that you know one or two three shots improvement that everyone's looking for in the game of golf yeah and that that's a big thing about like a lot of people that get lessons and they go straight back to what they knew before because they know it's safe so when you can actually see the results happening you know that okay what he's told me is working i'll just keep working towards it and grind it out to sort of get to where i want but you see a lot of people get lessons and then a couple of weeks later, they're just like, I know my bad shots before, so I'm just going to stick to that instead of trying to put in the work to get better and learn what the pro has taught me to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So the pressure of having to write down a score, and we've all been there, you know, that pressure takes over and you want to write down the best score you can, whereas some days you need to just manage that expectation of I'm not going to have a good score today, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to work on what I need to work on just so that I can get better in the long run. Um, the reason you went for a lesson was to get better. 
And uh, definitely the reason I went for a lesson was to get better and improve, um, take that next step, get to that next level. Uh, and I've just got to forego a score sometimes. Sometimes got to forego that score to see the result happening on the course uh, and to trust what I'm doing off the course, out on the course, um, until it gets to that point where it is second nature and it becomes your normal out on the course, you know. So, yeah, right on topic with what we want to talk about today and, and managing our expectations uh, because sometimes we've all been guilty of it. You know, we get four or five or six holes in or whatever point you get to in your round and you decide that my round's done today, I'm not going to do any good, I can't win or I'm not going to not going to make that score that I set out to make. And, it's not my day. And you take that home with you and it's not your day. But at the end of the day, you might have had however many holes you had left to play before you got to that point of giving up to really work on getting something out of your round. You know, if you can stay within yourself to get something out of that round, it makes the next round easier and then the next round easier and the next round easier just to, we, they talk about grinding away, um, you know, just to get something out of it. And to me, it's it, it's important because one, it, the expectation, you need to leave it out, leave it out off the side. You need to forget about what, don't put any expectation on it and just let it come naturally. Uh, and secondly, you need to just go out there and, and enjoy the day for what it is if you're not having a good score but get on and enjoy the day there's every chance one of your playing partners is playing good they don't want to hear you bitching and moaning and carrying on about i'm trying to do this and i'm trying to do that and this isn't working and that's not working <laughs> um because all you're doing like, is up, upsetting their day as well yeah that's it a lot of a lot of people you know are lucky to get out once a week to play and you know they're just out there to have fun and they don't want to hear about you whinging and about your sort of game as well so and you, you see it a lot of times where people, yeah, do in the first five holes or so, they go, I just don't have it today. And then they just they just keep, you know, whatever. You want to play bad, whatever, just sort of, but you don't need to mumble around. So that's what, we're, as I said, we're going to talk about today to sort of just try and break down the game so you're not continuing to keep going down a bad spiral and just have a really bad day. Like set, set goals for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we talk about expectations – we talk about preset expectations uh, and then hopefully you can change those on the on the go to bring them back to reality. We said it in everything we've spoken about, mate, you only get out of it what you put into it. Uh, and it's just taken that from the driving range to the course takes time. Uh, you've got to give it time. You've got to build the trust within your own game to be able to execute what you've been trying to execute. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example, you know, like, the third hole at my place, I've, I've got off to a good start and I've nailed a drive down there and I've, I've hit it to an area where I've, I've pretty well never hit it before. Um, I must have hit a sprinkler head to hit it that far. But <laughs> I, I got down there and I was 65 metres from the flag on a you know decent par four that I'm normally hitting when I hit a good drive in. I'm normally hitting you know nine on a pitching wedge. So it's running out an extra 30, 40 metres and I'm down to a lob wedge in my hand. But because I've been working so hard when I say lob wedge, normally a lob wedge, but because I've been working so hard on my short game and using my 56 degree sand iron, um, I, I got caught in that period of 65 metres. I haven't, I haven't hit it from 65 metres, this little shot, right. this technique. I've not hit it from 65 metres. Um, I didn't trust it. I pulled out the lob wedge because that's my normal go-to and I just fatted it 
overthinking it, come up short, and then the next shot I was obviously, you know, 20 metres from the green where I've sort of been practising from, and I pulled out the sandwich and hit a pretty good shot, um, and, I, and I missed the putt and, and walked off with a bogey uh, from a position where I would normally be trying to make a birdie. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, and I had to sit there and say to myself, okay, well, now what you need to do is you need to go and practice from 65 metres, 75 metres, those areas where you haven't practiced that technique and that shot from, um, go and practice it, get better at it, so that it does become that second nature, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you can't expect to hit good shots that you don't practice with. Like, yeah, you might get a few. If, you, if you're if you bad with a driver, you might get a few good drives away, but you can't expect to hit every fairway if you don't practice that shot. And, you know, my short game as well, like, you know, same sort of thing. If you don't practice those 80-meter shots, you you one, you're not confident probably over the shot because you're thinking, I haven't put – I don't – know how this is going to work it's going to be a fluke if i can put it on the green sort of thing so you're in doubt yourself and then you're just hoping for a, a bit of luck this time and then you know and then obviously yeah you're fat it because you're a bit nervous on the shot and you're not comfortable over the shot but when you do practice you go okay i've done this in practice a hundred times as you said with your your 20 30 meter shot for the second time you had in you knew that shot because you've been practicing that shot yeah so when it when the practice when you see the practice on the practice area there's no expectation um you know again it comes back to expectation you're not you're not scoring in the practice area it's easy the, so, the game's so simple in a practice right? game's so it? simple it's you a- don't have to count any shots you get two or three goes at it um you know you go out there on your on your saturday round or your sunday round and you get one go at it and you flub it you can quickly lose confidence and um yeah, like you said, revert back to what you were doing before, you know, and you get yeah. into that bad habit and you, you know, okay, well, forget that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to go back to what I know and just persevere with it, um, which is fine, so that, which is fine. If that's what it takes to get you through your round and keep you happy and keep you going and you're not looking for that great improvement, um, then that's fine, you know, but you've got to then realise and say to yourself, okay, well, that's just how I'm going to play golf. Yeah. What's my expectation now is not to shave three shots off my handicap. Yeah, exactly you know? right. Like some people just want to go out there and have fun. That's it. They don't care what shot they had, and that's that's totally fine too. Like, you know, we're not getting paid to play, so it just depends on if we, yeah, if you want to be better at that shot or not. So, absolutely, mate. And everybody hits good golf shots relative yep. to their ability. You know, let's talk. Exactly. Let's talk relative to your ability. Um, you know. Your ability might be better than a uh, high handicapper's ability, um, but he'll still hit as many great golf shots during his round that you'll hit during your round. They just won't be of the same quality great golf shot or the same, you know, he's not hitting it to three feet, you know, but it, but him hitting it to 15 feet is a great golf shot for that person's ability. Yeah, that's you know? it. And, and, yeah, going from our ability to a professional's ability, same sort of thing, you know, like, their great shot is not the same as ours. And as you said, you know, like everyone has their own individual, what they consider a good shot. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was Walter Hagen, um, you know, his expectation was to hit seven bad shots around. Right. Seven bad shots around, you know, like, wow. Seven and bad it, shots or seven good shots? Seven bad shots. Okay, so he, right, he'd yep. say to himself, oh, I've got seven bad shots around to hit. So yep. when he hit one, when he hit when he hit his first bad shot, 
his attitude towards it was, okay, well, that's one of my seven. Let's try not to hit me second. Let's try not to hit me third. But that's one of the <laughs> seven that I expected it. to hit. Let's yeah. spread it out a little bit. That's the second shot in the first hole, all right? We're not <laughs> the stats aren't good so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, you know, that's a good way of looking at it because how many guys do you see out there that, you know, even if they did practice, but they they start out bad and their second shot or their third shot or their fourth shot and they've hit a bad shot or the second tee tee shot of the day and they hit a shocker and they just go to water, you know, and yeah, it's like, oh, oh I can't yeah. hit that shot, I can't hit this shot. You know, and yeah. they moan about it and groan about it the rest of the round, and yeah. of course they're not going to hit another good shot because it's in their brain that they're not going to hit a good shot. Um, they, instead of resetting, that, they're carrying that double bogey from that bad shot two holes ago, still mumbling about that and bringing that onto bogey the next and double Absolutely. bogey the next, Absolutely. and then they're just completely gone. Going, oh, it all started back on the second hole when I hit that crappy shot. You know, so well, who was it in the players? Nick Watney, you know. Yep. Followed up one bad shot with another bad shot, you know. Yeah, one bad well, he, hole will result with it, and you know another bad result straight after it. So. Yeah, well, he hit, he hit in the water on the seventeenth there, and then you know took a second shot, tried to tap, just tried to tap a little one footer in, and obviously didn't hit it hard enough. And then you know he walked off with a seven, just from stupid, just from a blink of an eye. And that's that hole so short, as we said last week. But he's blinked and gone. I'm, I've had a seven, and then. Obviously, couldn't get the mindset back and hit it straight in the water again on eighteen. So, yeah, it's all about sort of taking taking a breath when you sort of get overheated, and and the game can move pretty quick when you start hitting bad shots. You know, and you, we've all been there, and you start thinking, "Oh, it's getting away from me. It's getting away from me," and that's when you that's when I think you've really got to sort of step back, take a breath, and sort of get back in the zone. Yeah, absolutely. Like we spoke about the seventeenth um, at the players, and how much well, excitement it brought to the tournament or brings to the tournament. Um, some cool stats come out of the recent players. Uh, there was three hole-in-ones over the four days, which was unbelievable. There, there was, they were saying there was, I think uh, I think I saw there was four in the whole entire time or something from however long. It's been so long since there's been a hole-in-one there, and then there was three on, one, on the weekend. Three, yeah, well, weren't all on the weekend because there was one in oh, round sorry. one. Sorry, um, to the week. Hayden Buckley hit 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 an ace in round one. Um went on to miss the cut. Uh so but he gets a trophy out of the weekend. Good on him. Well played. Uh, <laughs> a memory. And, <laughs> a memory. Uh and then Aaron Rye in the third round, great golf shot, spun it back. Um, you know, really actually propelled him into contention. Yep. Uh, and he finished Birdie Eagle Birdie for that round. So that was a yeah. uh, you know, he, he carried that momentum onto 18, hit two good shots and made birdie up 18 just on the high. Uh, and then um, Smalley in round four, yeah, aced it, had an ace as well. That but one's just, coming hot. Did you see that one? Yeah. One bounce and the second bounce just one bounce. bang. Yeah. Yeah. Could have gone anywhere. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, well, that could have gone through the green for sure. That was just a big bounce. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, not so good things uh, from the 17th hole. So round one, uh, leader Chad Ramey made a two, made a birdie there, and then followed it up in round two with a seven. Mm-hmm. That would have been a tough pill to swallow. You, um, yeah, you, you can't sleep on that hole, can you? Can't sleep on that. And we alluded to it last episode where 
it's sometimes you dunk the first one in and then you follow it in with another one. Yeah. Um, you know, just trying to get it close to get up and down and make you four. Cool. Uh, that you you just get antsy and they they reckon it's a harder shot from the drop zone. So, you know, well, some of them pin like placements. 70, it goes back to about 70 metres then. So it's probably that sort of half wedge shot. And, yeah, you're thinking, oh, I'm hitting my third now, so I want to put this close to make a bogey. And then you try and get too cute with it or too aggressive and, yeah, you end up making it worse. Yeah. There's no room same. for error. Like a little chunk, a little thin or a little chunk, and it's in the water again. That same shot I haven't been practising. <laughs> 65 meters yeah, yeah. 70 but these hours. guys should be practicing this yeah, that's these right <laughs> and then kelly craft in the first round took a seven and then bounced back right. on the the second round and took a two um still missed the cut but he would have felt better um there was a little did you see the what rain you, delay what do you ever not give a shit about it oh. Wow, you mean conference. I'm ready for next year i'm ready for next year guys <laughs> yeah that's right well that's what i was going to get at aaron badley so our own Aussie Aaron Badley holds the record for the most balls in the water on 17 from the year 2003. I yeah, can't remember how many it was. It was 13 or 14. Um, and then, can you believe it? The hooter goes for the rain delay when he's standing over his ball on the 17th. That's ready right. Ready to hit I his tee shot. That. And he walked away from it. Um, he did look very indecisive standing over the ball, I must say. Any other player probably would have pulled the trigger uh, well before he picked it up and reteed it, and then the hooter went. Um, so he's on that all night, mate. He had to sleep on that <laughs> and think uh, he must have done all right. You know, didn't hear about it. Did you? Did you see his son went out there and he was sort of because the whole family was there when the hooter went off and he was just sort of hugging his. I think he was hugging his wife and stuff, and the kids were there, and the his youngest kid was just sort of having a practice swing on it, and then he was like reenacting like the gallery going off and all that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, the other thing was pretty cool. Did you see the caddies had a crack? Oh, did so they? So during a practice round, they, 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 there was someone filming there and the, everyone that came through, the caddy had a go at hitting the green yeah, uh, nice. and had a competition. I don't know how much it was, 20, 20 bucks per shot or something like that. Nearest the pin took the cash. It's a good it hole, isn't it? Like they do it at the Masters and stuff, so it's a good hole to sort of, you know, the caddies are good golfers as well, so just have a bit of fun with them. Yep, yep. And then... Um, there was another incident there. We talk about staying in the moment, but uh, on the fourth round, Montgomery sort of struggled up the sixteenth, made a double bogey on sixteen, and then made a triple bogey on seventeen, put two in the water. So again, he's carried from the sixteenth that you know yeah, that struggle mentality. The mistake. Yeah, just didn't get over the mistake on 17 and then made two mistakes on – oh, sorry, on 16, then made two mistakes on 17 uh, yeah, and just you, blew right out. So in the fourth do you round. Find in that, do you find in that sort of – that's where your caddy really sort of comes into play? Yeah, we, we don't get a caddy, mate. So we don't no, get a I caddy. Know. So it's about – look, what we're trying to get at here is how do we as amateur golfers stay in the moment um, – you know, I've got to say, we've played enough golf together. I was probably a classic at spitting the dummy and not going my way. And then, you know, all of a sudden your round's gone and you just, you go home cranky and, you know, not happy with your round. And um, and you got to wait a whole nother week before you get out there and make it better. So I've really tried to work hard on, okay, let's get something out of the round. Let's stay in the round. Um, a game within a game is a good idea, you know. Yes. 
Yeah, that's it. Sort of break it down to make it not, you know, like you're out there for four hours, four and a half hours, maybe even longer. So to sort of break it down into sort of smaller games makes the game a bit smaller, but then little goals along the way. Like if you break it down to, okay, every three holes, like the next three holes, not to sort of think ahead, but the next three holes, I just want to be in this position. So then, okay, that's done. All right, now the next three holes. I yep. want to be in that position, you know, because otherwise when you think about the whole 18 holes, it's like I might be, say, for instance, I'm two over now, but then I've still got eight holes to go. So that can be, a, that's just another hour or so out in the course. So breaking it down to small increments um, is a good sort of game to sort of play with yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one, a lot of people do it is if you're playing it in your regular foursome is play a, you know, a, a two ball for the first nine, a two ball for the second nine, and an overall for, I don't know whether it's a Kino ticket or a $20 or whatever it might be. Uh, and that way yep. you, you're committed to, because you've invested, you're committed to play every shot on its merit and stay in the game. Because a bit like match play, you're only ever one shot away from winning the hole um, yep. against your opponent. And then everyone's got that one good shot in them and get you back in the round or at least contribute to your, your team. Uh, even in a stroke round, uh, I used to carry a little bag of coins. Um, got them years and years ago from Golf Digest. They were called golf coins, um, and we used to hand them around, didn't we, mate? We, you know, one was a sand coin, one was a water coin, and they cost. There's only you... one coin you enjoyed having. Them. Yeah, that was the special. Um, so we made them worth what was it, five bucks? And then was, yeah. last bloke in the sand got to carry the sand coin until the next guy went in the sand, and whoever ended up with it at the end of the round. Had to pony up uh, five yeah. five dollars for every coin they had, every bad coin they had out of the four, and the special was worth five dollars in your pocket. So, uh, and we'd put it on Kino, and hopefully Kino would be better than the golf some days. Yeah. And those those sort of things, having you know, not everyone's into side bedding and stuff like that, and it's not for everyone. But yeah, little things like that can sort of go. Okay, well, I'm not going to give up because I can get that special coin. Uh, yeah, I've got the three putt coin, but I can. If I get the special coin, that outranks this sort of thing. So yeah, it can keep you in it instead of just going, oh, I'm playing for myself. I'm playing like crap. I'll just whatever. You know what I mean? It's a nothing round. Not today. I'll wait till next week to come out. Yep. No. And a bit like, you know, let's go back to the players. Min Woo Lee um, got himself into contention. Had a great round going on the third round. Um, finished his round with a bogey, uh, unfortunately. And then came out in the third, fourth round. Um, was trailing by two, birdied the first, uh, and then was only, I think, think it, they said he was only two behind after eight, and he was yeah. six behind after 14. So, yeah. what, really what fell away. What was worse, his golf or that moustache? Oh, <laughs> the moustache wasn't good. Oh, jeez, uh, with the turtleneck? Oh, my gosh, mate. Yeah, a little bit filthy. Come on, Mimu. <laughs> But I loved his attitude. We talk about the 17. I loved his attitude. 17, he got to 17 and he took dead aim and hit a great golf shot and was playing up to the crowd uh, yep. and, and finished finished it off, you know, um, well done to him. Like, but well, and, exactly. they're, and they're yeah. playing for a lot of money. So every shot to them counts for a lot of money. Um, some guys are driven by the money. Some guys aren't. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he, he stayed with it. Um, Do you Cam Davis. made it a little bit? You reckon that made it a little bit easier on seventeen because, like, if he was up near the lead, would it have been a bit more of a pressure shot? Maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. You know, 
Um, but he still got up there and hit a good golf shot. The group before him of Cam Davis and Tommy Fleetwood both dunked it in the water, you know? Yeah, and he would have seen that too. Yeah, he's seen 16. that. Tommy Scheffler, uh, Scotty Scheffler sitting there looking at him, hit the ball over, you know, um, trying to gauge what the wind was doing, apparently. I don't think you can from over there, but still, uh, they were watching. You know, they both walked off with fives. So, and then probably the best group that played the hole was the final group, Min Wu and Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Uh, two best shots that went into that green by far. You yeah, know, so. and they both walk off with birdies. And then previous previous to that was um, Justin Rose took a five. Aaron Rye, who made an ace in the third round, he took a six there. So, yeah, was obviously was playing tough. I mean, Sheffler hit the gap wedge that, into it. The wind, they sort of say over the weekend, I've seen it a few years, like they show the wind come over the uh, the marquees and all that. So that, that all blocks all the wind out and then you can sort of see it as it comes through. They show on the camera. And, um, yeah, so the marquees really sort of block out the wind for them. But when they throw, because it's not that far, they throw a wedge up, it goes over the marquee height, and that's where it sort of hits them. Yeah. Well, they say that the wind doesn't affect a well-struck golf ball, mate. So, you know, like... What are you saying now, didn't it? Wind. Well-struck ball. <laughs> well, no, some of the guys actually hit a filthy double cross. Or, the, or the spin like, on them. You know, some hit the green and spin right back too. That's, that's where it's very unfair. Yeah, well, I looked at... Cam Davis set up. He was set up left edge, trying to hit a cut in there and double crossed. You know, as soon as you, as soon as you set up, hit a cut, and you tug it, ball's going to go ten yards longer yep. automatically. It's so the... when the pin's in the back, that ten yard, that's way too long. Montgomery was exactly. the same. You know, Montgomery was the same. He played from the the walkway at the back, um, and then his third shot, unfortunately, didn't get any check, and he ran down the hill, and you know. Past the flag and off the green, off the island again. So it was, um, you know, and again, he was set up to hit a cut, double cross, gone. Yeah. Whereas if you talk to Scotty Scheffler, you know, smart target, he didn't need to hit it close. He was aiming middle of the green. He just had to get it on, that's all, because, you know, he could have had a big number if he sort of played around with it, but he took gap wedge, mate. Yeah, he took gap wedge. Most other guys were taking pitch and wedge. He took a gap wedge because he figured. I can just flog this, and I'm not going to go long. And you I don't, I don't have to steer it. I don't have to guide it. I can just take a full swing at it. It'll be enough to hit the middle of the green, and that's all I want. You know. It sort of reminded me of when Tiger won the Masters in 2019 on the um, on the 12th there at Augusta. Everyone was sitting in the water, and he just said, "I'm not going at the pin. Just go middle of the green, and just got it on there." You know, and then everyone else just fell to pieces instead. Yep. So when you're in that position, you don't sort of. You don't play around with it. He doesn't need another birdie or anything, so just play for the biggest part of the green and just get it up there. Yep, for sure. Okay. So uh, the the other thing was uh, I noticed, you know, firstly, did anyone tip the winner on our Facebook page? I don't think um, they did. No, they didn't. There was a lot of John Rahm. Yeah, that was I disappointing. Day. I was on John Rahm. Yeah, that was disappointing. He pulled was, out. yeah. I don't know. Hey, that was apparently the, the Rory was saying it was a very slow play. So, I mean, John Rahm wouldn't just pull out just for the fun of it. Obviously, he wasn't well. Um, and you, yeah, your pick was I mean, Jason Day. Jason Day Jason did well. Day, yeah, I think top twenty-five. I think it was. Uh, I think he'd come in at uh, inside the top twenty. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, I was thinking Scottish. Well, now I'm not going to say it now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but so was I. Yeah. But there's, just... there's 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 these top three guys at the moment, isn't there? Really, like. 
it's actually pretty cool to watch. So, you know, last week we're like, oh, John Rahm's going to win everything this year. Now we're thinking Scotty Scheffler's going to win everything this year. You know, I feel like Rory's kind of got to find something before the Masters, though. Like he he started finished hot yes last year, and then now he sort of he fumbles off a little bit this time of year, and then doesn't sort of get it back till you know the U.S. Open sort of thing. Yeah, it was was an interesting field. It was an interesting top part of the field, um, but at the end of the end of the tournament, you know, some of the names sort of come to come to the top. Which yeah, know, Max Homer has been in form. He crept his way to the top. Um, I was thinking that like after round round three, there was there wasn't really many big names up there. Like you know, but then as you said, towards the end, like Terrell Hatton's sort of up there as well. So there was when you look at the leaderboard now, there was a lot of big names up there. Yeah, Tom Hoagie, what a great round. Scraped in on the number um, with the rain delay. On the rain delay in the second round and then um, he was pretty much booking a flight out of there the next day. Um, scraped in on the number and then the third day went out and shot 62, new course record. Um, what do you think he was just played out of his skin? Well, and the good thing with that too is he, he had nothing to lose. So he made the cut. Uh, so, he, yeah, he had the bad shot and then had the bad round and just thought, well, I can either go home or probably freed himself up a little bit. Yeah. And then, yeah, just – just but same sort of attitude. He could have just kept going, oh, it's not my week. This is not it. But I think, what, he finished top top three, was it? Finished third. Third? On yeah. his own. <laughs> big money big money there, you know, like – Third on his own. not making – to thinking to not make the weekend and then you end up finishing third, that's um that's a great effort. It would have been equivalent to the win the week before as far as prize money went. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty good week. Um, just was, on that. Oh, you're right. You keep going. You got I was just going to say, interesting, this, interesting with that was the interview afterwards. Um, he didn't realise that he was actually on course or on track to break the course record. Was told after his round that he'd just shot a new course record. Um, you reckon his mindset would have changed on the last two holes because he played he played the course in reverse, started on the tenth, uh, so okay. he didn't have to deal with seventeen and an eighteen finish. He dealt with eight and nine, which um, I think he birdied both of them, which is right. a long par three That's good. and then a yeah, par yeah. five finish. Um, but the par five finish just he doesn't realise he's got to make birdie for the course record. Lays up for his second on a par five uh, to a number and hit a good wedge in there and made the putt. And part of the interview was, uh, you know, you didn't go for it, you didn't lay up. And he said, I I didn't really have a shot to go for it. Um, the play was I'd been wedging it all day, so I played to my strength and hit it to a number and I, I figured I'd been hitting the wedges good all day and I'll, I'll wedge it in there close, which is what he did. And, and he made the putt for a 62. Yep. So again, but, yeah. managing his expectation was... and playing to his strength of the day is what got him got him over the line, really. Yeah, I think you were going to say too. Like, would you want to know like two holes to go that you're on course with a course record, or it's like when you got a good round going, you you kind of know you got a good round going, but you you don't want anyone else to sort of notice that you're playing with. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we know ourselves when you got a good round going. You know, what do you do? There's two two mindsets. One mindset is I'm playing really good. I'm going to keep hunting the flags. You know, the other mindset is I'm playing really good. I don't want to blow it, so to speak. Yep. So I start playing more defensive. I start getting more steery. 
I start taking on information that I don't normally take on. Oh, the winds change direction. This that I've got the back of the greens this far. Read... So, <laughs> yeah. What do you got around? Like, what do you got around reading the green from four different directions for? Well, you know, I've got to make this birdie here because you know. That's right. Hang on a sec. You've just been looking behind it and hitting it. You know. So, yeah. Do you keep it simple, which is the reason why you're in that position, or yeah, you start to tense up, and that's when your bad shots start to because you you're not playing how you normally play. Yeah, that's right. And you, you, as I said, we've been there before. Everyone, it's relative to your ability. You know, even the 18 marker, he's, uh, he's able to go and shoot nine or 10 under or he, he has a good front nine and he, and he turns four over and he's, you know, he's got, what's that, 22 points, 23 points on the front nine in a Stoverford. Um, does he start thinking, oh, I can shoot 44 points here, you know, and then it all goes to shit and he wonders why. It's because he's yeah. changed his routine. He started overthinking it, changed everything he'd done for the front nine because he's trying to be better than what he actually really is uh, instead of just going with the flow and, you know, just let it happen naturally. Uh, you know, we do the same thing ourselves. You know, I got off to a great start my last round. You know, I birded the first, part of the second, birded the third, birded the fourth, and all of a sudden I'm like, what's going on? I haven't done this for a while. Um, <laughs> this, this doesn't feel normal. This doesn't feel normal. Uh, and I was really conscious about just keep going and playing because previously, the pre- round previously, you know, I, I overthought my lesson and it crept into my swing when really I was hitting the ball good. I should have just been trying to refine. So I went back to just hit the ball how I've been hitting the ball. Um, and, yeah, all of a sudden I, I started the score, which was really good. Mind you, I didn't finish the round off. Um, I got to the turn even par. And then, so I gave three back, uh, which is unfortunate, but that happens. And then I picked it up again, a couple of holes into the back nine. And then I didn't get over par until the 15th. I went one over par. And then I had three holes to try and, you know, um, my mentality was just get in the house with three pars. You'd take three pars to finish and take your one over and walk off. Um, Or just keep playing golf, mate. You keep hitting it good. You give yourself another look. And as it turned out, I gave myself three looks coming in. I just didn't make any. Um, were they yeah. good looks? No, they weren't great looks. Um, but they were, you know, 20, 25 footers. You chance of making one of them. Didn't make any of them. But I didn't didn't three-putt any of them either and, and took them around and, and submitted my score and, you know, happy days. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, like if you heard at the start of the round that's what you were going to finish with, you would take it, wouldn't you? But Absolutely. Because you know you were three under at one stage. It kind of... It does sort of bring you down a little bit because you're like, oh, it could have been a really great round. But, you know, finish it 2 that's a great round as well. Yeah. So you take that. So, you know, it was just the fact that you got off to a flying start. Um, yeah. Left, left, left plenty of room out there to make mistakes, uh, which I did. And I probably only made, you know, three, three, bad, mis- three bad shots. Um, yep. Three bad approach shots. Uh, didn't manage to get up and down. Um, We're trying... Try not to remember the bad shots, mate. Try that's right. Yeah, the good shots. Absolutely, you know? and that's what, that's sort of a big thing too. Like we're trying to say today, like we always go back and go, oh, like oh, I hit this bad shot, I hit this bad shot. But try and like write down sort of you know three or four sort of good shots that you hit every round. Like remember the good shots that you do hit, and then keep replaying those in your mind. And we're all going to have bad shots. That's fine. But yeah, tell 
tell show yourself that you hit good shots as well and try and remember the, the good shots that you do hit. Absolutely. If you talk to Tom Hoagie, he probably let, he'd probably turn and turn and say, I left two were out there, I should have shot 60, you know, yep. because subconsciously he was just going and playing and, you know, the brain unfortunately remembers the negative stuff and not the positive reinforcing stuff. So, yeah, it's a good idea that, you, you know, review your round after every round. You should take five to ten minutes and review your round. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's important to review the good stuff just yeah. as much as the, 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 the negative stuff gives you what you need to maybe work on. Um, but the positive stuff, if you can reinforce the positive, it continually bring it to the forefront, then you'll think more positively on the golf course. Um, from the last the last time I hit this club, I hit it really close. And, you know, the last time I had this length putt, I knocked it in. Um, remember all the good stuff because it's – you know, if you're playing with somebody and they hit a good shot, you you say to them, "Hey, mate, great shot!" You know, well, well play, good shot. Um, but you should remind yourself that you've hit a good shot. Yeah, exactly. When you've hit you a know, good give shot, give yourself a fist pump. Like it doesn't matter. Like you, yeah. If you're saying good shot to your mate, say it to yourself as well. Like I'm sure your mates would rather hear you say, "Oh, yeah, good shot to yourself," than, "Oh, you bloody." Yeah, I missed this part. How did I miss that part? Your part, yeah, you sunk your part and I missed mine. Like, they don't want to hear you whinging. So they'd rather go, oh, Dave's pumping himself up. Like, you yep. might look a little bit of a weirdo to some people, but who cares? Like, you're out there to have fun. And, mate, you got to think, like, hitting a good drive is not easy. Hitting good golf shots isn't isn't easy. That's a, that's a good skill to have. So, you know, if it's a good shot for you, you know, make sure you remember that shot and go, well, I, I hit that shot and I've been working on that shot. And, look, it's, it's starting to pay off. Yeah, look, my round, to be honest with you, look, you know, I come into the house and put my card in and I'll sit in second and I thought, oh, yeah, second, that's okay. It was a good round. Um, I didn't realise that I'd gotten beaten by one of the guys playing in my group on a countback um, who was playing off 18. And because he was playing off 18, none of his shots looked spectacular, you know. But he was obviously having a good day too. You know, he got me on a countback um, with the same score relative to his handicap. So he's had a great day, you know, and I, I remember saying to him, you know, great shot, great shot, good shot, keep going, you know, good putt, whatever it might have been, and he was the same to me, you know. So, but I didn't, I was so entrenched in my score that I didn't realise, I wasn't scoring his card, but I didn't realise how he was going with his score. Um, Selfish. Yeah, but uh, no. It's, it was, all about, it's all about Todd. <laughs> no, but you, you know what I'm saying, so. You're you're in that zone where you just you know you're just concentrating on yourself and and that's fine too because you know sometimes like when you're playing golf you don't really want to talk to you just want to sort of do the best you can as well so you sort of get in that zone of um yeah I just, this I'm focused on this thing that's it yeah well, you, know, the, you can see you can see him good, hitting good shots but you're not really calculating his score because as you said he's off eighteen so you know as you said, good score to him he might be making bogeys and you know not that. They're bad for him, obviously, but you're just not recognizing those sort of yeah things. So, if that yeah, so he he makes a par here and there. They're they're good scores to him, you know, because he's expected the bogey those pointers. holes. They're three pointers, yeah. so he racks yep. up enough of those. Um, he's going to have a good day, you know. The, to me, I didn't see him make any real bad shots, real big scores. He kept a big number off the card, which was great. I don't think he wiped a hole. Whereas my uh, other playing partner, the the guy whose card I was scoring. Um, you know, he wasn't having a great day. And, you know, he, he had a day that he'd rather forget. Um, and I had to block that out. 
when I was playing. I had to block that out. Um, yep. And, and that's not easy to do too sometimes. Not easy it? to do. Like he got to the point where he wanted to throw a club and bend the club and it's like, okay, well, mate, I, I'm just going to ignore that. And I, I tried to pump him up and go, mate, you're just having a bad day. Just, you know, don't worry about it. Tomorrow might be your day, you know, mm-hmm. but just keep plugging away at it. You're only one good shot away from getting it back. So, or or quit it, mate, because I'm playing well and you're putting me off, and I'm trying to keep going. So, yeah, you know. yeah, which is unfortunate when that happens. Um, I mean, we've probably been in that position ourselves. I know I have. My partner often says to me, "You know, you were terrible today. It was hard to play with you," um, which was a bit of a wake up call for me to yep. not not do that. Um, and again, yeah, because again, I wasn't aware of the everyone in the group and how well they were going. You know, had had the wheels come off my round, um, you know, and I'd gone back to my old days and started getting upset that I turned a couple under into a couple over, um, you know, I may have well ruined that person's day and cost them from from winning the day. Just you yeah, know, exactly. So and be and mindful it's not fun of, to be around as well. Like then they might think, oh, I'm not playing with Todd again because you know he carried on and sort of put me off my round, maybe you know. Yeah. So be mindful of your playing partners and how they're going and. Um, you know, just keep it all within yourself and try and get something out of your round is what we're sort of getting at. Yep. Because it makes it easier to go out the next week if you've picked up a little thing that you might have thought, oh, I'll just change that. Oh, that worked. That was great. I'll do that again the next shot. Oh, that, that feels really good. That worked. And all of a sudden you've, you've remedied yourself uh, and gotten yourself back on track, which is always a bonus in the game of golf because there's going to be times where you need to remedy yourself, fix yourself on the go, and if you've got a bit of an idea how to do that, then you'll be uh, a far more consistent player because you'll be able to fix things on the go instead of persevering for four and a half hours with something that's just a little bit off. Yes, yep. So, exactly. What else did you want to touch we, on, mate, from the players? You got anything else? Should we Should we run through uh, Tyrrell Hatton? You can talk about Tyrrell. Mate, yep. he's, he's not my favourite golfer, but, geez, he's, he's back nine, so he, he bogeys... He bogeys nine on the last day, goes back to five under. Then on the back nine, he birdies 10, 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17 to finish outright second. Like, And then he wins 2.7 something million. But like if he finished, if he just even parred the back nine, he would have, I think it was 165,000, what was it, 167,000 that he would have won. Like, he had twenty nine on the back nine. What a what a run that is! But yeah. even still, like that's a that's a sort of thing too. Like he made a charge where he could have easily just gone, you know, if he's five under and uh, Sheffield probably wasn't even off then. Like I'm heaps far back anyway. It's not going to matter. But I think by the time Sheffield teed off, he might Sheffield might have been on the second hole and he was he posted twelve under then. So you know, it just shows you like. Never give up and look how look how much he's sort of made just on that back nine. Yeah, absolutely, um, and gets automatic entry into the next players by top ten finish. So, yep, you know it, it's a great credit if you can do that. Just go out and and play and you know shoot the best score you can shoot. Um, it's it's always most enjoyable. And if you if you're not shooting the best score you can shoot on the day, you know as we keep touching on. Just plug away at it, um, stay calm, and come out the next week, and you know, or go go during the week and make make some changes, or put in a bit of effort, bit of practice. You can't be good every round. Like, 
how many times you'll come out and have a good round and then you'll back it up with a bad round. But you can't – the game – it wouldn't be golf if you could play good every round. So that's the, that's the whole challenging of golf because it is a challenge to play good. And when you, have, when you do play good, that's why it's such a great achievement. Absolutely. If you look at your scores, look at your last 20 scores on your golf link and I guarantee you, you know, your, your handicap's made up of your eight best scores – but if your best score, for instance, you know, is a two under par or two under your handicap or three under your handicap, I'll guarantee you your worst score is going to be 12 or 14 over your handicap. Yes. You know, so that's golf. It's, you know, to play to your handicap is a good effort and um, a good day. To better your handicap, you've had a great day. Um, but to be somewhere around it and the, the idea of the, the handicap system is to try and become more consistent. So some people will get their card at the start of the round and the handicap will say, oh, 15. I've got to play to 15. But if you really look at your eight, you know, flags, we call them, if you really look at your eight flags, your your highest flag might be a 19. So in essence, yeah. you've only got to play better than 19 that. to bring your handicap down um, and not 15. So give yourself a bit of grace and be aware of where you are with, with that and, and you'll become a more consistent player. Set yourself some goals at the start and that might not be, I want to go and shoot 36 points. It might be, hey, I've, I've got four more, four more shots up my sleeve today. If I shoot 33 points, I'm gonna, my handicap's going to come down if that's your goal. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So uh, it's relative to everyone's ability. That's, that's the same for everybody, whether you play off plus four or 34 that concept is exactly the same. Uh, and the more consistent you'll become, not only will your handicap, you know, come down, but you'll become a, you'll become a far more consistent golfer over time. Uh, and then uh, you can go as far as you like, as far as making improvements and changes and lessons and whatever it might be to, to be the best golfer you, you want to be. So yeah, it depends on how far you want to, you want to take it as well. So, you know, if you're just having fun and you're, you're off 34, then, that's fine. That's no dramas at all, too. So, but if you're just happy to walk out there on a Saturday and just play the best you can at a 34 handicap, yeah, so be it. Everyone has their own achievements and and time in life. You know what they what they want to achieve. So, yeah, my partner, she's the perfect example, mate. She fluctuates around the 30. She doesn't practice. She doesn't put any time into it. When we play, she just gets her clubs. She's lucky to spend three minutes on the putting green. Um, and I'm into her about it, the worst putter I've ever seen. But if she has a day where she chips good and putts good, you know, she'll come in with, you know, 38, 39 points, 40 points, because she's just having a nice day out. And she doesn't ever want, never wants to know a score. She doesn't want to know a score at the halfway mark, only wants to sign the card at the end, doesn't really care. It'll be what yeah. it'll be. And, you know what, I really wished I had some of that in me when I'm playing. I'm getting better at it. Um, you know, and what's helped me is part of my hobby. So the collecting of the old golf clubs, the old lefties, uh, has, has made that a little bit easier to, to do because I can take out some, some old sticks and have just no expectation and just enjoy being out there and going for a walk and just seeing actually what I can do with, with the old sticks. Um, you know, took my hickories out the other day with an old <laughs> golf ball and uh, absolutely loved it. Can't believe how good they go. Uh, big shout out to Ross Baker, who who made them up for me down in Melbourne. Love them. 
They're awesome. I encourage anyone that's got any inkling of golf history or wants to see how golf was played in the you know in the past, or, you know the early 1900s. Um, invest in a set of playable hickories. Don't just go and buy them from a secondhand dealer or a you know an op shop. Um, invest in a some playable hickories and just give it a try because it's just different. You know, it's it's different to the game that we know now. Absolutely different to the game that we know and play now. Absolutely. Yeah. So. No, that's it. And that's, uh, yeah, and that's cool too. Like, you know, we've got the Facebook page now too. So you can sort of, if you're into hickory clubs or you've got a hickory set, like post them up there. That's what that's what that page is for. Just everyone to sort of get involved on where they're playing golf and what they're doing with golf as well. So. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of different aspects to golf, um, you know. The, the way we talk about, you know, what we're just talking about in, in lowering your scores and getting a better handicap is um, is entirely personal. You know, you can just go and play golf for the enjoyment of walking and, and being out in the sunshine and being around a group of mates and, and go and play. Or you can take it to the degree that we take it, and which is a little bit seriouser. Um, <laughs> is that a word, seriouser? A little, little more seriously. More serious? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, go and even at the age that we're at, which, you know, is pushing on a little bit now, but still trying to improve our game. But you, you miss those days too, like when, you know, when we first started. And, and you see, and, you know, that's what we're sort of trying to get to. You you be happy on the golf course. And, and we are pretty, you know, we are happy sort of thing. But, yeah, you see guys out there just like on a Saturday afternoon when you're finishing your comp round, you'll see like a group of soccer mates or something just going out there, having a bit of fun. And you think oh, it would be great just to sort of, play the game and have no expectations sort of thing. Like we're just out here to have a bit. And you do that obviously when you're mucking around, but even still when you're mucking around, you still know your, your ability. So, um, yeah. So, you know, your abilities are what you want. So, yeah. Well, I said, I went out with my hickories, but the day before I went out with, um, me normal clubs, had a friend down here and, um, you know, we might talk about that on the next episode. Just that, expectation side of it and, and, and enjoyment um but yeah i went out with him and he hadn't he didn't know the course so i was too busy telling him where to hit it and where not to hit it that i wasn't concentrating on my own game and really you know didn't really perform that well and then the following day i i took the hickories out there just to clear my mind and um again just have no expectation and just go and hit it and then i followed up two days later with a with a great round started off on fire and you know got a great round going just by you know a reset so you learn to reset. If you can learn to reset on the course, um, you'll get something out of it, guaranteed. That's it. No, exactly. I think should we should we leave it there? Yeah, we can leave it there. So hopefully okay. people get something still, out of it. Got a fair, we've still got a bit more to obviously cover on that sort of topic as well. But um, yeah, we will do that a, a bit more of a next time or so. All right. So where can right. people find us, Dave? So yeah, as I said before, we got this. We got the Facebook page and the Instagram page. It's just as it's written on the uh, on the podcast here, the First Tee Podcast. You'll see us there. You'll see the logo, and um, yeah, follow us and get involved. We, you know, if you want to put something up or where you're playing, post a picture, and yeah, we'll share it around. That'd be that'd be great. Post a picture of yourself and your group on the First Tee, somewhere at yep. your local golf club. Um, you know, and touch base. We'll try and endeavour to get across as many topics as we can. Uh, so if you want a, a particular topic, you know, just post it on the Facebook or the Instagram page and 
and we're happy to discuss it uh, relative to how Dave and I see it. You know, it may or may not connect with you, but we're happy to give our insight. Um, we're happy to relate things back to how we see the golf on TV uh, and how we play the game ourselves. All right, until next time, enjoy your golf. See you later. See ya.